Welcome to Business Talk Sister Crack. I'm Becca. And I'm Ruthie. And today's episode title is The Secrets of Business Blogging. And we're going to kick it off with the question, how does blogging help your business? Okay, so I really wanted to talk a little bit about this because I think that it's one of the most well talked about, but people don't really know why. Okay. Why is it better for your business than other things? So the thing about social platforms and all these other places that you can list your business and all of that, you don't own it. Right. I mean, you, you claim it, but if somebody flags it or writes you a bunch of bad reviews, or maybe your Amazon store gets shut down, whatever it is, you could lose everything. But with your website, if you own it, you have your domain name and you're paying for it on a continual basis, you own it. It's yours. Same thing with a newsletter or like an email list. Um, Those things are your property, right? And they're the lowest risk investment you could make in your business digitally that can continue to provide you long-term return. Or this is something that I think is funny and I wanted to mention this. If you if your domain name expires and you don't buy it again, somebody else can like buy it and take it like a week ago, Google's domain name in Argentina, it was like a specific one in Argentina, went up for auction and this guy bought it. No. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, yikes, man. So it ha- it happens to big players and little guys. Too. So, um, that's I bet he if- was like, get it. <laughs> <laughs> then he bought it for $12 and then he didn't get reimbursed. <laughs> so, because they took it back somehow. What? Yeah. Which mm. seemed like a real, I mean, stepping on the little guy, am I right? Yeah. A lot of times you have to pay a lot of money to get that back. Yeah. Because it's their property if you forgot to renew your domain name. So, uh-huh. anyways. Oh, side theoretically, comment. theoretically, nobody can touch your content once it's on your website because you own that platform, but also renew your domain name. <laughs> Just get it together. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, but the reason that blogging is so important is because it actually adds value to um, providing information to your industry, right? Um, because people ask questions about things all the time. And if you can answer those questions in a blog, you are going to be showing up far above your competitors for that topic, right? Or for that industry. And that leads people to be on your website and go, oh, this person knows something about what I'm looking for. Maybe I should look at more of their stuff. I literally did this today. I Googled how to draw baby Yoda. (laughs) Classic boy mom right there. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But somebody had a little tutorial on it and like I looked at some videos or whatever. So... I know I've done it. Like I see, I find myself doing it like, oh, how to know if this is mold? Like, <laughs> and then I'm looking at like different websites or whatever. And and people try to find that information. Well, Google crawls the internet. They have this thing called robots.txt. And you basically set your website up to be able to allow robots.txt to crawl your website and index or map your pages to be found on the internet. And a blog has a different, page authority than like your main pages do. So if you set up a blog, um, it's a little bit different in in the way that it's structured, but those questions usually get pulled into Google search results from people's blogs all the time. And when Google crawls those pages, it serves it up to people in what's called the SERP, which is search engine results page. Ooh, fancy term. Um, And then 
they just feature in a featured snippet is what it's called. But one thing that I wanted to say is that Becca and I talk about this all the time is like providing value to people and um, allowing people to know your industry know-how. Some people think that you don't want to give away all of your secrets because they don't. Like Then that person would just go out and do it themselves. You would be surprised at how incredibly lazy people are. Like Becca and Joel so are true. <laughs> they are the most do-it-yourselfers you will ever meet in your life, which is great. I am, and and I don't know. I feel like now that we're both out of debt, um, we're kind of leaning more towards the time value of money. Of like, it would make more sense for me to pay somebody else to do this than me to try to figure it out myself. But they, I don't. That's not something that you really need to be worried about is um, like, if you're going to be doing specific trade secrets, like, you know, that's, don't do that. But like, if it's something that whatever this, how to create a website. Yeah. If, yeah. It, people aren't necessarily going, not everyone is going to go out and do that. But if you position yourself as an industry, like thought leader, thinking about how can you be seating yourself in a position of authority where people are looking to you with those questions and seeing you as a valuable source of information, because they'll think of you first when they're down the road of like, I am so tired of trying to figure out how to code this website or so tired of figuring out how to install this toilet ring. I'm just going to call that person because I know that they know how to do it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I would say too, um, backing that up a little bit further, just to think about when you're saying I'm an, I'm not an industry like leader right now here. You're not because you're not blogging (laughs) because when you take keywords and you say, okay, I'm going to keyword for this specific thing. And I'm going to write lots of blogs about this topic you're going to start showing up as an industry leader on the internet after a while. And here's some things that you should think about. When you test something in blogging, it's going to take six months to a year to see any results on it. And that's a big, that down. long time. Write that down because that is such a hope-giving number. <laughs> I'm serious. Like, yeah. I, I see it all the time where it's like, if you don't wait that long, you have to get, first of all, you have to get the blog out there and you have to make sure that it's valuable content. And then second of all, you have to wait as you're continuing to add more content, mm-hmm. right? And, and I don't think I said this before at the beginning, but it's so valuable. People harp on this all the time within marketing that your newsletter And your blog are the most valuable marketing pieces of digital assets you have because they're constantly, your blog will always be building value if you keep your content relevant to your industry and educational to your audience. Yeah. And one thing that Becca and I did an episode about um, Gen Z, and that's something that I thought was really valuable about the three things that they I was seeing across the board for them is that they want information that's authentic timely and personal so I think people kind of get in this mindset that they have to make it really formal and really like perfect and I am definitely guilty of that I want every (laughs) every piece of punctuation or every word picture to be perfect and beautiful and blah, blah, blah. But um, if you make it personal and you make it relevant, like with timely information and you make it authentic, then that is going to do do well in the long run because Gen Z is the up and coming generation. Yeah. So the next question we're going to answer is how long should a blog be? 
what I find is really interesting about this, this actually changes a lot based on the content. And and Google actually has just been pushing and pushing to really try to create value um, for the end user. They're always trying to program for the end user first. So before it was, oh, we should write tons and tons of blogs all around 350 to 400 words. And that's how a lot of companies did it. But then they started saying, actually, we're noticing that really in-depth content, if you're an expert, 1500 words with 11 blog or links, internal links within your page is more valuable. And so when that first came out, probably, I don't know, this was four or five years ago now, um, I tested it. And I remember I did it the day before 4th of July because I was like, I got to get this out the door um, and see how it does. I did a 1500 word blog and I waited six months. And I remember when I posted it, so I knew exactly when. And it would it became one of the top ranking um, blogs on the entire website for that client. And I was like, yeah, this is working. This is working. And it was specifically in a keyword that we normally didn't rank for. And so that's crazy to me to think, okay, well, that's one of the things that you need to do is think about, are you actually providing value? Because if you write 1500 words and it's all garbage, nobody's going to read it. And it's going to show Google no, that's not a good thing. And I just listened to actually a podcast with one of the leading marketers in blogging right now. And he was saying that basically it really doesn't matter the length anymore because Google's been changing a lot of stuff. But what really matters is, is the content truly valuable? Because the algorithms are getting smarter to figure out, are people like actually staying and reading this stuff or are they moving somewhere else? Your bounce rate really impacts your longevity of whether pe- Google is going to serve that to people in the future or not. And a, a bounce rate is the number that tracks when people come to your website from, like we said, the SERP, when people come to your website from the SERP and then leave right away. So like that, and that could be for a lot of reasons. It's really valuable to look at what that bounce rate number is in your analytics because it can lead to things like discovering that your typeset is too close together. So like if you have, it's all your words are really close together and people don't want to read it because it just, there's not enough white space, things like that. Google looks at that when they crawl your website and they see how users are interacting with your content. So doing things like uh, it, trying to increase the time on site. So if you have images, that will increase the time on site for users because they have something more to engage with that's more um, elements for them to look at and, and um, scroll through or whatever, not making them huge so that they take up a lot of space and like they can't see the words at all. That's something that, that you kind of just keep an eye on and, and look at different industry statistics specifically about what you should be utilizing images in your blogs. Um, but all of those things influence your ranking in search results. Um, and when you can build that up over time, your website as a whole is considered to have a higher domain authority. Um, and that will help you when people search for different things. Okay, so Becca, tell us how do you specifically pick blogging keywords? Okay, so what really comes down to is your industry. When, when you know who your target audience is and also what industry you're serving, you can start writing um, your content specifically to those people. And a lot of times you can use tools like, I think it's keyword.io just to see, like if you type in a keyword, you can see what searches people have already done. And you can actually, in that one, it's, it's free. You can filter by 
um, whether it's on YouTube or Google or all these different things and see how people are searching and, and what kind of questions they're looking for. And when you see those questions being searched in, you can then think about how you can answer those questions being an expert in that area. And another thing you should think about when you write a blog is you should only have one main keyword, like one industry keyword, right? For the topic, whether that's makeup or construction or um, manufacturing, that's like the keyword that you're hitting. Okay. And then from there, you're going to pick like how to or things you should know, figuring out what your headline should be. Because just because you wrote a ton of content that's really valuable, you should spend that same amount of time on just writing your headline after you wrote your entire blog. Now spend the same amount of time testing and writing your headline. Because if you don't, what ends up happening is you have some really great content, but people don't actually click through to it. Yeah. And that's so important in digital marketing because, um, and a lot of people talk about like, oh, I hate clickbait. And I'm not talking about writing clickbait. Clickbait is like five gross things you never knew lived under your fridge like <laughs> which I, mean, I would click on probably <laughs> well, what when, is living there okay I gotta know. but clickbait is when you click on that link and it doesn't actually bring you to an article about that it brings you to some other thing that they're trying to sell you and you're like what is that what i wanted that's right? the traditional definition of clickbait yeah yeah so so really maybe would still click on five gross things you found in your fridge right because <laughs> Cheerios, right? <laughs> but just thinking about like, there's a lot of different tools that you can utilize. There's what's one that we like to use that will uh, weigh it against like a score of 100 and then give you different scores for it. And so Google what those are and try to find ones that you like. We'll put some links to the, in the blog of ones that we like. Um, but be thinking about how you can utilize those things in your in your blogs. And then also, I know like Becca was saying, writing things about your industry. One thing for Becca and I, we always, I, I know I do this all the time. I always forget how much I know about digital marketing. And then when somebody starts asking questions, I'm like, oh yeah, this and this and this. And they're like, what? I'm like, yeah. Oh yeah. Like I, I forget, <laughs> we forget that we know stuff. And so it, it, one thing that can be really helpful when you're trying to think of what to write in a blog is talk to people, talk to your customers. What do they want to know about? Talk to some of your friends. What do they want to know about what you do? Or like, what don't they know about what you do? And use that to kind of mine for some questions that people are actually asking. If you want to have that like qualitative, um, what is it called? First degree primary research, research. Primary, thank you yeah <laughs> first degree burns anyway <laughs> primary <laughs> research of like actually doing the mining yourself of asking people and then it's like you can just write content from there because you already know so much about stuff you just don't even know what people don't know because you know it so well <laughs> it's true it's so true and I really do think I'm going to use that as a thing now if you have a really bad product and you go and get primary data and you get first degree burns from the responses. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Anyways, so how do you SEO a blog? Like how do you search engine optimize it to make sure that it will do well? I feel like we should get a little sound that we play whenever we say some kind of SEO tip because there were so many different things in that that we just mentioned. It should be like that's my trumpet sound <laughs> I'm actually very good at making a fake trumpet sound but that wasn't a good example <laughs> <Can't>. 
Anyways, um, like, okay, so for a lot of different things that we mentioned all are ranking factors of, of um, how to optimize your website for search engines. But look at, okay, so Bing has their webmasters tools. Um, Google has also their webmasters. They're not as transparent in how they rank, but um, they But they have, have Google Search Console that you can yeah. look at. Yeah, they've got a lot of different information that they'll share with you. And like things like um, Search Engine Land, w- w- there's a whole bunch of them out there, the SEM rush and, and different people who are really current with SEO that would be able to give you a lot of understanding on changing in the industry. Yeah, yeah. What's changing because things change all the time. Like Becca was just saying that she listened to that, that podcast about how they just like, Oh, it actually doesn't matter any, not necessarily matter, but it's, it's not as important the length of the blog anymore. It's like Google is always optimizing for the user first and how they interact with it and what they like. Um, so what can you do to keep people engaged in, in things that are actually valuable? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So within those tips, not only are you, should you be providing value, um, there's some things you can do to make sure that you're, the keyword that you're using, um, sometimes there's different interchangeable words. So if you're saying, oh, I'm going to use this tool, but there's also multiple names for it, you can say also known as this or whatever. And then if you use them following that interchangeably within your blog, that's okay. But make sure you clarify at the beginning. And then um, that can kind of broaden your industry keyword in there. Um, And be careful of keyword, what's called keyword stuffing. You can't just use the same keyword over and over and over again. Um, Because that's not providing value to the person who's reading it. That is called black hat SEO. Um, And that's bad. (laughs) And that's bad. (laughs) Um, And then also the actual layout of your website is really important. If you have one that looks like it's coded in HTML and actual garbage, (laughs) just know that people are not going to be on your website as long. They're not going to engage with your content because it's not current to what people are engaging with. Maybe 20 years ago. Or if they're like avid Reddit users. (laughs) Yeah, fair enough. Um, But like just kind of being your actual site or presence, like the presentation of the content is really important. If it also looks really spammy and you've got a ton of ads, people are not going to be as willing to trust your content. And so they'll leave. Mm -hmm. Um, So be thinking about specifically, what does my blog look like? What does my website look like? Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. Yeah. And then also to think about your meta description, we kind of talked touched on that I think in a different episode but um, your meta description is that what shows up in the search engine result page for the um, for your title so you have the title and then you have the subscript of this is what this page is about right and you have 160 characters to describe what your blog is so your keyword should be in the title of your blog post and then also again somewhere in that 160 characters. You usually can fit like one to two sentences in there, depending on how long they are. And then you can also optimize your images to keyword by um, the image and like what's in the image. Yeah. And that's but kind of what Becca was saying is it touches on ADA compliance, um, which it, right now Google is saying is not that's not technically you won't get penalized, quote unquote, but they're kind of moving towards that of like those penalties of if your website is not ADA compliant, which is the American Disabilities Act, um, that 
is becoming more and more of a ranking factor. Like you think of what's called the alt text for the image, which means alternative text. If you fill that out, when someone is using a, uh, a screen reader, if they're visually impaired, when it comes to that point in the website, it uh, comes to an image, it's going to read off what your alt text is. So you don't just whip out images of like image number four or like image with my thumb slightly covering the camera or like whatever don't name it weird things like name it plug in those keywords but then also like be descriptive in what the actual image is because that's going to help in your ADA compliance and it's also going to help when someone's using a screen reader on your website yeah and then finally we're going to talk a little bit about a couple tests that we've done Um, I talked about one before but one test that I did that I wanted to see does this really work Like, is it really, can I just pick a keyword and just go for it and see if it really pushes my website to rank, right? So I did this test on my website um, for my business. And I said, I'm going to really just hammer into the construction industry. And I'm going to use the keyword construction and I'm going to see how it does. But I know a little bit about the construction industry. I know the, what, pain points there currently are in the industry and what people are struggling with. And so I'm going to write to those things and I'm going to just start whipping out content. So I did this test just to see how it would work. I um, decided that I was going to write 24 blogs and I was going to release them every other week for a year. I was going to write all of them, design an image graphic to go with it, and then load them up and schedule them out so that they post on their own and see how it went. So I did that and then I did nothing. Like I just waited to see what my results were. For a website that just got out there and slowly started moving up, I actually started seeing a lot of interesting data on, oh, these are the things that people are really searching for. Um, Out of all the content, these are what I'm ranking for the best. But um, statistically, I think I was getting an average of 60 hits a month from those, from doing absolutely nothing else, right? I mean, I did have my like Google business listing and all that kind of stuff, but people were not looking for that locally. It was on a national basis. And so that I thought was really cool because I mean, I have the time or I have the resources to say, I'm going to do this test to prove that it works. And I did. And then I also specifically keyworded and targeted for specific audience of those people to be looking at that information. And when I looked in Google Analytics, I was hitting it spot on for the exact age category that I said I wanted to go for. So it works. It works to bring people in to your content to write blogs that provide value to people. And there's so many different ways to do it, but we just want you to be aware that this does work. And so there's tons of people whipping out blog content because they know it works. And that means that there's a lot of fluff. And so if you are a business owner that actually does this full time, whatever it is that you're doing as a business, you're an expert on that. Not everyone does what you do every single day. And you have to really back it up to the basic things that you didn't realize people didn't even know about your industry if you're looking for them as customers. Yeah, well, that was all really good content. And I know I always learn a lot when we dig into different things. And um, so if you guys liked what you heard today or if you learned something new, share our website with a buddy, businesstalksistergock.com, and we will see you again next week.